just thank you so much for, for your warm welcome. And, you know, it's, it's worth it, doing the brutal journey. It, um, it is our, our great joy and also our great honor to, to be able to um, be with you. And we have just absolutely loved this weekend and we will treasure it. And we just trust and believe that God is much more fussed today. I have to just say one thing about your announcements. Anyone who sees and hears Jason, you cannot help but smile. Is that right? Actually, that was so entertaining. I thought there'd be a Tom and Jerry cartoon at the beginning. It's like, it's a production. So, <laughs> bless you. We are, we are thrilled to be here. Uh, and also, if you're watching online, we welcome you as well. And uh, I don't know about you, but these last few years, have been it's been quite a crazy time in the world, hasn't it? Uh, you know, so much happening, and uh, uh, but we shouldn't be surprised. You know, Jesus forewarned. He said, "You know, the nearer we get to His coming, whenever that is, there would be some signs in the earth that we should take note of." Uh, doesn't mean His coming is right then, but it was going to be pointing to that time. He's talked about earthquakes, famines, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences. Uh, the roaring of the seas, which is the weather going berserk, uh, signs in the sky, which is weather and other things. He said, all those point towards the day that I'm coming back. So lift up your heads. In other words, don't be cast down. And so what Greta and I want to share, Greta's going to share a brief prophetic word, and then I'm going to come and bring a, a, a teaching that I feel is a now word from the Lord. Uh, what we share this morning, we, we hope will be real keys for you to help you navigate these uncertain times that we're in. So over to you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, as, as Pastor Mark said, this um, what is ahead of us, um, it really is seasons and times of change. And just before I, I share what God's laid on my heart briefly, to just paint a big picture context, you know, back in 2019, I thought the Lord said that the next decade will be the roaring 20s. The devil is roaring louder than ever. Nations are raging and roaring like the roaring seas. That's Isaiah 17, 12. These are um, Psalm 46, 6 days, which says, the nations are in chaos and the kingdoms crumble. And, and we are seeing this in the world. And in the days ahead, the turbulence and the shaking will continue in the world. There are more curveballs coming. These will be the most difficult but he has the good news and also the greatest days for the church. However, in all the chaos, etc., we can stay secure and unshaken if we remember one very important truth. I feel it's really significant that on the first day um, of 2023, the first thing the Lord spoke to me as I woke up, I heard these words so clearly. God is in full control. Amen. No, so although the uncertainty continues in the world, we don't belong to the world. We belong to the kingdom of God and our Jesus. That's the difference. So over these past few months, the Lord has spoken a number of things about the season ahead. But there's one word that has especially been repeatedly highlighted, and it's coming up on the screen, and it's the word alignment. Um, the Lord has actually confirmed alignment many times through a natural sign, a home ventilation system. 
Every time I've walked, and Nita smiles, every time I walk past our control panel um, for this, um, it was just a random thing, and this hasn't happened before in the past, but over and over I noticed the temperature was the same in the roof and the house. Now, it might make you a bit envious of New Zealand's lovely temperatures. 22, 22, 23, 23, 24, 24, 25, 26. <laughs> and so I said, Lord, what does this mean? Well, the roof in the house is like a picture of heaven and earth. And God desires the same on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, alignment. And we pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, in your church, in Jesus' name. And I felt the Lord emphasize three aspects. I heard him say, alignment with my heart, alignment with my will, alignment with my word. And we have a slide coming up. The Lord's looking for men and women after his own heart who love him and know him in close relationship. In in Acts 13 to 22, God said, I have found David, a man after my own heart. He looks for those who live in full surrender to his will um, and, and walk in his plans and purposes. And God also said of David, he will do everything I want him to do. And, and that is what I desire, that I, I want to please my Father and my Jesus in everything. And then thirdly, he looks for those who wholeheartedly trust and obey his word so he can release accelerated maturity, spiritual maturity. And, you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, we pray that you will become mature. And I pray, Lord, may all of us become mature to the, and grow to that whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, we cannot align in our own efforts. Without Christ, we can do nothing. But God is releasing grace for alignment. And I sense this is a very special period now of multiplied grace for the church to come into alignment with heaven. Um, we know that the number five symbolizes grace. Well, I've over and over and over come across the numbers five, 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 multiples of five, multiplied grace for, for us to, to enable us to do this. So why is alignment so important? It's so that, that God's people, the church, the church is ready, prepared, and rightly positioned to be and do, to be the glorious, radiant, shining bride of Christ, full of the Spirit and full of power, and also to do, to successfully accomplish both our personal and our corporate assignments. It's alignment for assignment. Would you say to the person next to you, alignment for assignment? So we remember that. You know, in, um, in, in July last year, um, the Lord again reminded me of this multi-generational move of God that is coming when he pours out his spirit in an unprecedented way. And he has important assignments for every single one of us, each one of us without exception. 
To fathers and mothers and generals in the faith, a major assignment is to pray. Also, train and equip millennials, the future leaders, to become fathers and mothers. To millennials, he says, rise, rise up to your full potential. Run with the generals. Learn from them. Keep running far beyond the older generation. You will lead the children of today to become a spirit-filled, mighty army of God. You will train and prepare them to reach a billion of their generation for salvation. You know, in 2013, that's 10 years ago, I read that by 2025, that's only in two years' time, a billion more children will be born on planet Earth, and God wants them to be saved. And the wonderful thing, God is not only um, releasing grace for assignment, He is imparting strength, sorry, grace for alignment, He's imparting strength for assignment. And He promises a supernatural strength as we wait upon Him. And a scripture that came strongly to mind over the past few, few months has, has really emphasized this. In October last year, we were ministering in Australia, and God confirmed it as well, this verse, with, with a photo you don't expect to see hanging on your bedroom wall where, where we were, were staying in, a, in um, a, a, a small apartment, and we've got a picture of it coming up. Isn't it handsome? <laughs> a big wild ox. Um, and imagine going to sleep with that thing staring at you. <laughs> now, in ancient Israel, the wild ox was a symbol of strength and power. And the wild ox is a symbol for us today. And here is the verse in Psalm 92.10. It declares, but you, Lord, have made me as strong as a wild ox. I hope I don't look like him, but Lord, I want to be as strong as a wild ox. And you've anointed me with the finest oil. This will become our declaration. And we know the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Is that right? But you know, in the natural, even lions are careful of a wild ox. Many years ago, when my first husband, Ron, was still alive, we were in a, a huge national park in, in northeastern South Africa, and we came across this remarkable scene. In a clearing among the trees stood a big wild ox, a type of wild ox called a buffalo. And he was surrounded by a large pride of lions who wanted him for lunch. But this buffalo so fearsomely stood his ground when, whenever a lion tried to care, come near, those horns went down, they eventually gave up and slinked away. Resist the devil. Stand firm in your faith like a wild ox against any demonic pride of lions and they won't just slink away, they will flee. And I love what I learned about an ox. It lifts its horns after winning a battle. And the raised horn in scripture symbolizes victory. And this is God's purpose for you and me, the raised horn horn of victory in, in our battles. So in summary, it is time to align with God's heart, his will, and his word. And he's giving us grace for alignment and strength for assignment so that we can victoriously complete them. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you.
I, I should point out that Greta's prophetic gifting is more in the seer realm. So God does speak a lot through pictures and natural signs. I mean, I looked at that thing, thought, what an ugly flipping thing on our wall. We're trying to get to sleep. She gets a whole prophetic message out of it. So that's a little bit of the difference. But uh, anyway, I want, to, um, I want to talk to you about another key um, that will really help us navigate these times that's essential for what God's wanting to do. And it's, it's time for spiritual fathers and mothers to arise. So I want to talk into that in a moment. I do, but we just want to say, uh, Greta and I, just how much we love you guys. We love your heart. We're just on the same plane. And it's an utter privilege uh, to be here in a church that is carrying what you're carrying. And, you know, because you're really pursuing God's presence and his power and it's so missional, and um, you're not a church just existing for the comfort of the saints, but you're, you're really wanting to see the lost come to faith in Christ, and, and, and regions changed, and we love that about you too, and uh, just that you're open to the Lord, and Jesus honoring, um, boy, that, even from the very first song this morning, the sense of God's presence, uh, so profound, you know, in some churches, it takes two or three songs before people sort of get into a sense of rhythm with the presence. But wow, there's, some, there's a well here. So thank you for what you're digging. It's, it's beautiful, and we, we love it. Uh, just to let you know, there's a book table down the back. We've got three different uh, titles there that will really help um, you spiritually. So do check that out at the end. Uh, back in December 2019, uh, and this was before we, any of us knew about covid um, we, I was asking the Lord uh, regarding the coming decade of the 2020s that we're now in. I said, Lord, is there anything you want to say? And, and this is what I felt the Lord say, and I wrote it down, and I'll just read it to you. He said this to me, there will be much turbulence in the world in this coming decade of the 2020s. Nations will rise and fall, as will political and societal leaders. For a while it will seem that evil has the upper hand, but this will be turned by the prayers of God's people. <clears throat> Do not cower in the face of darkness, but stand up strong. Tie yourselves to the belt of truth, fasten it strongly. Those who stand in truth will do exploits for the kingdom. Though there will be difficult times, there will also be the greatest opportunities for the kingdom of God ever in history. More people are going to hear the gospel than ever before. And I believe that turbulence is continuing uh, in 2023, and it seems to be it will be a hallmark of this decade in particular. And we really need to know how to not let those turbulent times and times of darkness overwhelm us. We actually need to know how we can cooperate with the Lord. See, I talked about some of the signs pointing to his coming, but do you know what the greatest sign is? Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation. Then the end will come. You can, we can get our eyes on the rise of evil and all the disasters in the world, or we can get our eyes on the mission as one of the greatest signs. The more his name is proclaimed, the more the gospel is proclaimed throughout the earth, the nearer to the coming of the Lord we are. And there's remarkable things happening across the planet. And I think that one of the keys for the global church to handle the seasons that the world is in right now, it's the spiritual fathers and mothers in the body of Christ must stand up, must rise up. 
And you say, well, who are those people? Well, we're told who they are in 1 John 2, verses 12 to 14. John is writing to some churches, and he says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Wow, his name is Jesus. I'm writing to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men and women, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men and women, because you're strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you've overcome the evil one. We'll unpack a bit more of that verse later. But the first question is, who are the spiritual fathers and mothers? Well, that scripture tells us they are those who know him who is from the beginning. But what does that mean? Well, let's go back to the beginning to discover what it means. Genesis 1 verses 1 and 2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, that Hebrew word for formless can also mean chaos. So here you have a picture of a primeval world that is chaotic, empty, and dark. Does that sound a bit like the world we have got now? Like emptiness. People's lives are empty. There's chaos. There's darkness. And, and yet, spiritual fathers and mothers know something about God. And what they know about God is what happened next. Genesis 1 verse 3. Into the chaos, into the darkness, into the emptiness, God says, let there be light. And there was light. And as you read the rest of Genesis 1, you discover how God created form and beauty and, and, and structures on planet Earth and organisms and finally humanity. He created them. And by the time you get to the end of chapter 1, the Earth is no longer chaotic and empty and formless. It's beautiful and it's filled with amazing things that reflect what's in heaven. Because while humans were created in the image of God, Earth was created in the image of heaven. That's why in heaven there's gardens and there's vegetation and there's animals and there's all sorts of amazing things and waterfalls and rivers because Earth is created in the image of what's in heaven. You know, we believe as Christians in creation, amen? We don't believe in evolution because it's just such, it's such a lie that just allows people to not be accountable to God. And I believe that lie will collapse one day, and I'm certainly praying into it that God let that, that thing that is corrupting the next generation, let it fall to the ground. I love the story of the little girl who said to her mother, she said, Mommy, I'm confused. You say we're created in God's image, and Daddy says we came from monkeys. He said, sweetheart, I was talking about my side of the family. Daddy's talking about his. <laughs> so what does it mean to know the one who's from the beginning? The one who is from the beginning, it means to know unshakably that God can bring order and light out of chaos and darkness. It means to know that the Holy Spirit hovers over every circumstance, no matter how bad it is. 
waiting for the command to create order and light, which comes when Father finds faith and intercession on planet Earth. People believing and interceding that the chaos will be turned to order, the darkness will be turned to light in your home, in your children, in your family, in the nation, and in the nations of the Earth. You know, sometimes the chaos and darkness is the product of our own poor decisions. Or sin. And we need to examine our hearts and just change with God's help. But there's a chaos and darkness that is quite satanic and evil. Comes through satanic powers. Comes through evil people. And that has to be resisted in faith and prayer in order for God to transform it. And the fathers and mothers who have confidence in the God who can transform things, the God of the beginning will give great security to those who are spiritually younger in the faith. And let's face it, in the days ahead, we believe with the coming move of God, we're going to have a lot of children in the church. And they're going to need spiritual fathers and mothers to show them the world. They're going to need spiritual young men and women to show them they can become warriors. They don't have to be children forever. My first wife, Jane, um, spent 20 years in a wheelchair because of multiple sclerosis. And uh, she was here from England, came out to New Zealand. We met and married. And, and, you know, she had the worst form of MS, MS, just chronic progressive. And it just got worse and worse. And, we, you know, we did pray so much, more than 20 years for healing. But finally, that disease took her home to heaven. And, you know, while I was disappointed and, and a bit mystified as to why the Lord didn't heal her, um, I just said, Lord, you give, you take away, blessed be your name. I'm not going to question you. I don't understand this, but Lord, I'm going to live with the mystery of this. And one day you'll explain to me why you took her home. And, you know, he did. I mean, within a year, I knew for it without any shadow of a doubt why. Because when he, we, he took me into a season of visions of heaven. And boy, when you see what's there, you don't want to be back here, even healed out of your wheelchair. You just want to be there uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Let me tell you, that is really true. But also at the time of her death, I made a vow. I said, Lord, I promise to keep praying for the sick and to train others to do it. Didn't have a clue how to do that. But about a year later, God gave the idea for a school of the supernatural uh, where we talk, equip people to operate in supernatural power, including healing. And Greta and I have taken that school uh, to lots and hundreds of churches over the years and uh, we've seen thousands of people uh, raise their confidence level to operate in the realms of the spirit, gifts of the spirit, etc. We've seen hundreds of people healed. And 90% of those healings has been as the people have learned to pray for one another. But you know what? The good news is that we've seen three people healed from multiple sclerosis. If I'd got all offended at God and said, well, that's it. I'm not even going to pray for the sick again. Forget it. They may not have been healed. There's three. Hallelujah. See, it, that's what it means to know him who's from the beginning. Out of the chaos and the darkness of grief and loss that enveloped me at that time, God brought light. And now people are benefiting. This is what God can do. This is amazing. And we need to understand that the shepherd of our soul is an expert at doing this. He's not called the good shepherd and the great shepherd for nothing. And in, in 2023, I believe Psalm 23 is a key psalm for not only this year, but I believe this whole decade. Um, and you know, I, how many know Psalm 23? 
Okay, some of you don't. This is what it says. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me into green pastures and beside still waters and restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for the honor of his name. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalm 23, and it's a beautiful psalm. And, you know, one of the things about that psalm is this. There are times in your life where you and I will go through valleys, We love the green pastures and still water part, don't we? Like, wow, that's so cool. You know, it's just all wonderful. And the Lord is blessing me and restoring my soul. And then we get a bit spiritual. Well, Lord, I really want to serve you. Would you guide me? Would you lead me, you know, in in pathways of purpose? And the Lord says, sure, I'll lead you. And then we begin to step out on a path and a journey, vocation, ministry, whatever it is. And before you know it, you're hitting a valley, whether it's a valley of trouble or dry bones or or weeping or this valley of the shadow of death, which kind of means um, something dies. It might be a loved one. It might be a person in your life, but it might be the death of a vision, the death of a dream, the death of a relationship, whatever, whatever. And you pass through this valley and it's a bit of a grieving thing and it feels dark. And some of you are in a dark valley right now. And in, in that place, the enemy wants you to turn to addictions and drugs and pornography and sex to try and get you through the valley. But that'll only make the darkness increase. You will never get through that valley by turning to counterfeit comforts. This is, this, I've never said that before in this message. This is for somebody, maybe online. Your drug taking, your pornography will not get you through the valley of trouble and grief and sorrow that you're in right now. Only your shepherd will get you through. He is with you. His rod and his star, they will comfort you, not the counterfeit addictions. And when you get through, you find that God, all the time you've been in the valley, God's been setting a table for you. You know, when you have someone to home, you set the table before they arrive, don't you? It's like you don't do it at the last minute. And if it's a special guest, you put the best out. You're setting the table. You're getting all the food ready before they come. And I tell you what, while you're walking through the valley, God is busy preparing. You can't see the table. He's setting it. And Middle Eastern tables, they are groaning with food. I should know. My ancestors are from Lebanon. My mother was an incredible cook. When she cooked and entertained, the fan, the table was groaning with food. It's no bread and water, let me tell you, on God's feast table and he's setting that table and if you hold on to God and if you know he's the God from the beginning and he'll get you through the valley you come out the other side and wow there's that table and he sits you down and you taste and see that the Lord is good because in the valley the devil tried to tell you he's not a good God, he doesn't care for you why have you suffered that loss, why has this gone wrong, why has that kid gone off the rails but if you maintain your faith in the valley You get there and you feast on healing when the devil tried to swipe you with sickness. You feast on hope when he tried to make you hopeless. You feast on joy when he tried to depress you and give you mental health issues. You feast on on deliverance and victory when he tried to oppress you in the valley. You come out the other side and you feast on the goodness of God. And he anoints you with favor and he anoints you with provision. And I tell you what, when you get through that valley all the days of your life, Goodness and mercy will pursue you. Why? 
<coughs> because God has tested you in the valley and you've passed the test. And he says, right, from now on, I'm signing angels to pursue you, to minister my goodness and mercy to you all the days of your life. And finally, when you step over into heaven or Jesus comes first, Jesus comes back, whichever happens first, you will then dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalm 23. And spiritual fathers and mothers know that Psalm back to front. They have walked that thing. It is not just a nice thing to be quoted. They have walked Psalm 23. They know, and there's a lot of heads nodding, you know that he gets you through and you have confidence that he is the good shepherd and you will be able to impart to the next generation who don't yet know that, hey, don't worry. I know him who's from the beginning. He transforms chaos into order. He transforms darkness into light. He's the shepherd that'll get you through every valley. And when you come through, you wait till what's on the other side. You will see his goodness. Doesn't mean you'll never have trouble again, but you know whatever trouble you encounter, oh man, I've gone through that valley. I'm gonna get through all the others as well. <clears throat> Let's just have our scripture back up on the screen. And can you just take a moment, sweetheart, can I have some water? You take a moment just to read that through, and then we're going to just talk to it for a minute. So it talks about three levels of maturity there. Uh, we have children. These are people that are young in the faith. Maybe they've come to know Jesus in recent times. And the thing about them is they know their sins are forgiven. And that God is their father. And that's huge. How many people in life wander around with shame and regret over their past? And it haunts them. Their past haunts them. Where do they go to get forgiveness? There's only one. His name is Jesus. There's only one Savior that died on a cross and shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Sin cannot be forgiven any other way except through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. Only in Christ is forgiveness of sins. You can try religion, which is keeping rules and regulations. That'll never, that'll never erase the penalty of your sin, the stain of your sin. It will still pursue you. It will still condemn you. And on judgment day, the final condemnation of the sin is never forgiven. God is obligated by his justice to consign us to hell, which is a place of eternal separation from him. But God is not willing that any perish. So he sends Jesus to die on a cross. He rises from the dead and he says, whoever believes in Christ and receives him, he gives them power to become a child of God. John 1.12. You don't become a child of God by getting all religious. You can become a child of God through having a relationship with Christ, believing that he is your savior, the Messiah, the one that washes you clean from your sin. And children, hallelujah, what a wonderful thing to know that your past is under the blood of Christ. Whatever you've done back there, whatever wrong things you've done and said, they are forgiven. And as you keep walking in Christ, in faith, we're not yet perfect, but we're on a, a journey to perfection and we'll occasionally stumble to know that as we keep just asking him to forgive, keep faith in Christ, he keeps washing us clean. And we know we've come into a relationship that God is not the big man in the sky with a stick ready to hit you every time you step out of line. That is not who God is. God, the kindness of God leads people to repentance. You know you've got a loving father in heaven that sent his best to die in your place that you might 
spend eternity with him. You know that God's your father. You're not fatherless. Oh, you might have grown up fatherless, but you're not fatherless. This is a fatherless generation. And God the Father is waiting for millions and millions and millions of the young next generation to know that he is the most amazing father ever. And that revelation of the father heart of God to them is going to propel them to become the mighty army of harvest workers he's fixing to make them on planet earth. And then there are young men and women. The word of God lives in them. They are strong. They've overcome the devil. If you read your Bible, meditate on it, you will become strong. The word will live in you. And you will overcome the evil one. They did a survey in America of 80,000 Christians, asked them, how many times a week do you read the Bible? They found that as they analyzed the results, if the Bible, if a person read the Bible once a week, it made virtually no difference. Uh, if someone read the Bible two, two times a week, it made a tiny bit of difference. If someone may read the Bible three times a week, it made a little difference. But then they discovered something quite phenomenal. They discovered that if a person read the Bible four times or more a week, <clears throat> there was an exponential jump of benefit and transformation in their lives. There, it's just like it spiked. There was this incredible, and they measured it, uh, that, you know, there was this incredible surge of faith and vitality and spiritual strength. And I believe seven times a week should be the norm. But hey, if four times a week is going to do that, then at least read the Word of God that many times. And my theory on that is if, if you read the Bible more than half the week, God will honor that and do something dramatic in your life. <clears throat> That's the way you become a spiritual young man or woman. And this is not an age thing, by the way. You can have a 20-year-old that's walked through a valley, loves God in the midst of it, and is going to be a spiritual father or mother to the next generation. You can have a 70-year-old who's still offended at what God didn't do 15 years ago and has never grown into spiritual parenthood. It's, it's ageless. Now, Mostly as we walk in the seasons of life and we get older, we find that, you know, that maturity comes. But I've met a lot of immature older ones. And then finally, there's fathers and mothers. And as I've already said, they know the God that turns chaos into order, darkness into light, <clears throat> and escorts them through valleys that threaten their existence. The key is to grow through the levels and not stay children. The Western church has too many people that are children who shouldn't be children. It seems it was the same problem in the early church because in Hebrews 6, the writer to Hebrews says, I should be telling you about meat, but you still can only handle milk. So it's a bit of an age-old problem. And pastors don't want to waste their time wiping the noses of Christians who really ought to have grown up long ago and not still be going, wah, 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 nothing's going right for me. Please help me. No, no, you've got to become a young man and a young woman. And so you cannot stay a child forever. You have to grow into becoming an overcomer, a warrior. You, sir, with your hand on your chin and the black thing, 
warrior. I see it over your life. Not a warrior, a warrior. No, don't look at him. Look at me. Warrior, warrior, strong in the word. And God is going to tell you what, that warrior spirit is going to come on you. There is going to come new strength into your life. And you get a hold of the word of God again like you've never known it. And I tell you what, promotion and maturity in the things of life and victories and winning battles are going to be your destiny. And things that have defeated you in the past, you're going to triumph over in the future. And you've heard the keys today. So, you see, when you put your hand on your chin, you draw my attention. So, (laughs) you get a prophetic word. Don't try that, please. (laughs) No, it's the Holy Spirit that spotlights people. It's time for children to become young men and women. Now, if you've been a Christian only a few months, we'll give you time to enjoy your childhood. But at some point, you have to become a young man and a young woman who's strong and you don't let the devil push you around because the word of God is in you. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're weak in the word, we'll be weak. But if we'll be strong in the word, we'll be strong. Gone quiet in the room. It's called conviction. And then it's time for some young men and women to become spiritual fathers and mothers. And you know, you take every level with you. So young men and women, they take the revelation that your sins are forgiven and God's your father with them. Spiritual fathers and mothers take that and they take the love of the word and that ability to fight the Lord's fights out of rest and out of the knowledge that he is one and the devil's lost. We're not fighting to attain a victory. We're fighting from victory to enforce it. Spiritual mums and dads, it's time for people to go up to another level from wherever you're at. And I want to tell you, Noah, at age 20, look at me, son, at age 20, God is making you into a spiritual father. I'm telling you. And right, it's going to happen. This next 10 years, you're going you're to find maturity. It's like whew, geometric. So get ready. I love what St. Francis of Assisi said. He said, all the darkness in the world <coughs> cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. That's what spiritual fathers and mothers know. That's what young men and women in the faith know. And the children, and there's going to be masses of them coming into the kingdom. They'll need to know that from us. So it's time in this church for many, all of us to rise to another level. Wherever you're at, whatever level you're at, it's time for you to step up. This church planning school is producing spiritual fathers and mothers and spiritual warriors. That's what it's doing. It's part of the regime. And in this church, it's like, wow. And it's not just this church, it's every church. And we're gonna pray into this in a moment. And we're gonna pray that the Holy Spirit, and I just felt this word shift as we are praying in the room uh, this morning, that there's going to be a shift in the spirit realm over every life that's open and hungry and willing to say, yes, Lord, I need to rise to another level. Whatever that takes, whatever that costs, I am willing to stand up and go to a new level of maturity for the sake of those behind me. But first, I want to make sure that you know the Lord Jesus because 
There is no greater darkness than the darkness of not knowing him. Jesus said to Paul, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are made holy through faith in me. And I would love to pray for anyone who's never given their life to Jesus that you, and include you in a prayer that would allow that to happen. Or maybe you once walked with God, but you've walked right away from him and you know today God is calling you back. Love to pray for you. And if you're watching online, that may be true of you and I'd love to include you in this prayer. So could we all close our eyes to just help us concentrate? And I'm gonna ask you in the auditorium, Firstly, up in the mezzanine, if you know that you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to him right now, would you just quickly, where you're sitting, just raise your hand in the air. Hold it up. Thank you. There down the back, you can put your hand down. Is there anyone else? You're just saying yes to Jesus or you're coming back to Christ. Just quickly raise your hand in the air right now as I scan the room. You know, don't let fear stop you. Sometimes uh, that will happen and, and you know, yeah, I need to do this. And so you just overcome that fear and throw your hand in the air. Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I will confess you before my father. Is there anyone else in the auditorium first? Just right now, quickly raise your hand. You know you need to give your life to Christ or come back to him. Just quickly raise your hand. All right, online, uh, I want you to do the same. Wherever you are, in your lounge, your bedroom, watching this, raise your hand. I can't see it, but God will see your raised hand, and we can include you in this prayer as well. Just do it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to pray a simple prayer uh, for the, one, the ones here that have raised their hands and also the ones online. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I want you to follow me uh, in this prayer, phrase by phrase. And if you mean it with all your heart, this is exactly what God will do. And I'm going to invite the rest of the church to pray along with us. So here we go, online or here in the auditorium. Pray it after me, the whole church joining you. Lord Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, and I turn from them, and I turn to you. I believe you died on a cross for me and rose again from the dead. So, Lord Jesus, I now receive you into my life. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Hey, if you were the person that raised your hand here, make sure you tell one of the pastors before you go home because in confessing, you will seal it. If you're online, do you guys have a chat room? Yeah, if you're online and you've done that, just go into the chat room and, and tell the church you've done that. Uh, that is a great thing to declare what you've done. You prayed in secret, but you actually need to declare openly, that was me, gave my life to Christ, and in doing that, you will seal it. Sweetheart, could you come and join me? I know we have multiple services where time is short, but we just want to take two or three minutes to just pray right now uh, a Holy Spirit shift. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm already a spiritual mum and dad. I'm doing it. Well, no, you need to become a spiritual granddad and grandma. You need to raise up another generation of fathers and mothers. It's like you don't get off the hook. You can't in retirement go, take it easy. Just cruise. It's going to be fine. You need to be involved in the work of the kingdom at 95 and 5. 
Yes, you do. And you are. And you've got a heart after God, and you're going for it. And just keep following him, and he'll do amazing things in your life. So, Holy Spirit, in these next moments, we pray that the word that's come about alignment, about the strength that you give to overcome, Lord, about having a heart after you, about rising to another level of maturity, all of us, I pray that long after Greta and I have gone, that your Holy Spirit will be working out this word. Thank you, it's already begun. I sense that's begun long before Greta and I have arrived and turned up because of your pastors and leaders. But Lord, we are praying that you will keep the process going and let the pace quicken. So Spirit of God, we just invite you right now in these next moments through supernatural impartation to cause a shift upwards into maturity. Would you take just 20 seconds to silently tell the Lord, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I I don't want to be a child anymore. That's wonderful to know my sins are forgiven and you're my father, but Lord, I need to become a young man or woman in the faith. You need to tell him that, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to get into your word. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Some of you young men and women, it's time to be a spiritual father and mother. Saying, Lord, I'm willing to become a father and mother to others. Those already in that realm, you're saying, God, I'm willing to go another step and serve the next generation. So, Lord, into this willingness in our hearts, I pray you would release fresh fire. Lord, would you just lift your hands to the Lord to just receive this this gracious gift that he's wanting to release right across this room and if you're at home online, I release the fire anointing of the Holy Spirit. I release accelerated spiritual maturity. We declare, let there be a giant step up. Let there be a great shift. We speak shift to a whole new level of spiritual maturity, and we bless each one of you to keep growing further and further until you reach the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Yes, so Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And would you just overshadow every life? Thank you, Lord, it's your love that lifts us. It's not a compulsion or a condemning thing. It's your love that draws us up, Lord, into maturity. And Lord, thank you that your scripture says, beholding you, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. You know, it really is in beholding Jesus. So I'm going to hand back to Pastor Mark. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if you have a ministry team here between services, but um, people can come for prayer. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much. Can we express, first of all, our gratitude to Dave and Greta for their investment in our lives this weekend? It's a terrific teaching.